Good day, good day, good day. Welcome to day 298 of Bible in a Year with Bill. Uh, it's October 27th. Today we're going to continue in the book of Ezekiel. We're going to read chapters 12 to 15 in Ezekiel, and then we're going to finish off today's reading with Isaiah chapter 38. So let's get right into it with the book of Ezekiel chapter 12. God's message came to me. Son of man, you're living with a bunch of rebellious people. They have eyes but don't see a thing. They have ears but don't hear a thing. They're rebels all. So, son of man, pack up your exile duffel bags. Leave in broad daylight with everyone watching and go off as if into exile. Maybe then they'll understand what's going on, rebels though they are. You'll take up your baggage while they watch a bundle of the bare necessities of someone going into exile and to word evening leave, just like a person going off into exile. As they watch, dig through the wall of the house and carry your bundle through it. In full sight of the people, put the bundle on your shoulder and walk out into the night. Cover your face so you won't have to look at what you'll never see again. I'm using you as a sign for the family of Israel. I did exactly as he commanded me. I got my stuff together and brought it out in the street where everyone could see me, bundled it up the way someone bundled it, the way someone being taken off into exile would, and then, as the sun went down, made a hole in the wall of the house with my hands. As it grew dark and as they watched, I left, throwing my bundle across my shoulders. The next morning God spoke to me, Son of man, when anyone in Israel, that bunch of rebels, asks you, what are you doing? Tell them, God, the Master, says that this message especially concerns the prince in Jerusalem, Zedekiah, but includes all the people of Israel. Also tell them, I am drawing a picture for you, as I am now doing, it will be done to all the people of Israel. They will go into exile as captives." The prince will put his bundle on his shoulders in the dark and leave. He'll dig through the wall of the house, covering his face so he won't have to look at the land he'll never see again. But I'll make sure he gets caught and is taken to Babylon. Blinded, he'll never see that land in which he'll die. I'll scatter to the four winds those who helped him escape, along with his troops, and many will die in battle. They'll realize that I am God when I scatter them among foreign countries." I'll permit a few of them to escape the killing, starvation, and deadly sickness so that they can confess among the foreign countries all the disgusting obscenities they've been involved in. They will realize that I am God. God's message came to me. Son of man, eat your meals, shaking in your boots. Drink your water, trembling with fear. Tell the people of this land, everyone living in Jerusalem and Israel, God's message. You'll eat your meals, shaking in your boots, and drink your water in terror, because your land is going to be stripped bare as punishment for the brutality rampant in it. All the cities and villages will be emptied out and the fields destroyed. Then you'll realize that I am God. God's message came to me. Son of man, what's this proverb making the rounds in the land of Israel that says, everything goes on the same as ever, all the prophetic warnings are false alarms? Tell them, God, the Master, says this proverb's going to have a short life. Tell them, time's about up. Every warning is about to come true. False alarms and easygoing preaching are a thing of the past in the life of Israel. I, God, am doing the speaking. What I say happens. None of what I say is on hold. What I say I'll do, and soon, you rebels. Decree of God the Master. God's message came to me. 
Son of man, do you hear what Israel is saying, that the alarm the prophet raises is for a long time off, that he's preaching about the far-off future? Well, tell them. God, the Master says, nothing of what I say is on hold. What I say happens. Decree of God, the Master. Ezekiel chapter 13 God's message came to me. Son of man, preach against the prophets of Israel who are making things up out of their own heads and calling it prophesying. Preach to them the real thing. Tell them, listen to God's message. God, the master, pronounces doom on the empty-headed prophets who do their own thing and know nothing of what's going on. Your prophets, Israel, are like jackals scavenging through the ruins. They haven't lifted a finger to repair the defenses of the city and have risked nothing to help Israel stand on God's day of judgment. All they do is fantasize, comforting illusions, and preach lying sermons. They say, God says, when God hasn't so much as breathed in their direction, and yet they stand around thinking that something they said is going to happen. Haven't you fantasized sheer nonsense? Aren't your sermons tissues of lies saying, God says, when I've done nothing of the kind? Therefore, and this is the message of God, the Master, remember, I'm dead set against prophets who substitute illusions for visions and use sermons to tell lies. I'm going to ban them from the council of my people, remove them from membership in Israel, and outlaw them from the land of Israel. Then you'll realize that I am God, the Master. The fact is that they've lied to my people. They've said, no problem, everything's just fine, when things are not at all fine. When people build a wall, they're right behind them slapping on whitewash. Tell those who are slapping on the whitewash, when a torrent of rain comes and the hailstones crash down and the hurricane sweeps in and the wall collapses, what's the good of the whitewash that you slapped on so liberally, making it look so good? And that's exactly what will happen. I, God, the Master, say so. I'll let the hurricane of my wrath loose, a torrent of my hailstone anger. I'll make that wall you slapped with whitewash collapse. I'll level it to the ground so that only the foundation stones will be left. And in the ruin you'll all die. You'll realize then that I am God. I'll dump my wrath on that wall, all of it, and on those who plastered it with whitewash. I will say to them, there is no wall, and those who did such a good job of whitewashing it wasted their time. Those prophets of Israel who preached to Jerusalem and announced all their visions telling us things were just fine when they weren't at all fine. Decree of God, the Master. And the woman prophets, son of man, take your stand against the women prophets who make up stuff out of their own minds. Oppose them. Say doom to the women who sew magic bracelets and headscarves to suit every taste, devices to trap souls. Say, will you kill the souls of my people? Use living souls to make yourselves rich and popular? You have profaned me among my people just to get ahead of yourselves, or just to get ahead yourselves. Used me to make yourselves look good, killing souls who should never have died, and coddling souls who shouldn't live. You've lied to people who love listening to lies. Therefore, God says, I am against all the devices and techniques you use to hunt down souls. I'll rip them out of your hands. I'll free the souls you're trying to catch. I'll rip your magic bracelets and scarves to shreds and deliver my people from your influence so they'll no longer be victimized by you. That's how you'll come to realize that I am God.
Because you've confounded and confused good people, unsuspecting and innocent people, with your lies, and because you've made it easy for others to persist in evil so that it wouldn't even dawn on them to turn to me so I could save them, as of now you're finished. No more delusion-mongering from you. No more sermonic lies. I'm going to rescue my people from your clutches, and you'll realize that I am God. Ezekiel chapter 14 Some of the leaders of Israel approached me and sat down with me. God's message came to me. Son of man, these people have installed idols in their hearts. They have embraced the wickedness that will ruin them. Why should I even bother with their prayers? Therefore, tell them, the message of God, the Master, all in Israel who install idols in their hearts and embrace the wickedness that will ruin them and still have the gall to come to a prophet beyond notice. I, God, will step in and personally answer them as they come dragging along their mob of idols. I'm ready to go work, go to work on the hearts of the house of Israel, all of whom have left me for their idols. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, God, the master says, repent, turn your backs on your no good idols, turn your backs on all your outrageous obscenities to every last person from the house of Israel, including any of the resident aliens who live in Israel, all who turn their backs on me and embrace idols, who install the wickedness that will ruin them at the center of their lives, and then have the gall to go to the prophet and to ask me questions. I, God, will step in and give the answer myself. I'll oppose those people to their faces, make an example of them, a warning lesson, and get rid of them so you will realize that I am God. If a prophet is deceived and tells these idolaters the lies they want to hear, I, God, get blamed for those lies. He won't get by with it. I'll grab him by the scruff of the neck and get him out of there. They'll be equally guilty, the prophet and the one who goes to the prophet, so that the house of Israel will never again wander off my paths and make themselves filthy in their rebellions, but will rather be my people, just as I am their God, decree of God, the Master. God's message came to me, Son of man, when a country sins against me by living faithlessly, and I reach out and destroy its food supply by bringing on a famine, wiping out humans and animals alike, even if Noah, Daniel, and Job, the big three, were alive at the time, it wouldn't do the population any good. Their righteousness would only save their own lives, decree of God, the Master." Or if I make wild animals go through the country so that everyone has to leave and the country becomes wilderness and no one dares enter it anymore because of the wild animals, even if these three men were living there, as sure as I am the living God, neither their sons nor daughters would be rescued, but only those three, and the country would revert to wilderness. Or if I bring war on that country and give the order, let the killing begin, leaving both people and animals dead, even if those three men were alive at the time, as sure as I am the living God, neither sons nor daughters would be rescued, but only these three. Or if I visit a deadly disease on that country, pouring out my lethal anger, killing both people and animals, and Noah, Daniel, and Job, happened to be alive at the time, as sure as I am the living God, not a son, not a daughter would be rescued. Only these three would be delivered because of their righteousness. Now then, that's the picture, says God the Master. 
Once I've sent my four catastrophic judgments on Israel, war, famine, wild animals, disease, to kill off people and animals alike. But look, believe it or not, there will be, be survivors. Some of their sons and daughters will be brought out. When they come out to you and their salvation is right in your face, you'll see for yourself the life they've been saved from. You'll know that this severe judgment I brought on Jerusalem was worth it. That it had to be. Yes, when you see in detail the kind of lives they've been living, you'll feel much better. You'll see the reason behind all that I've done in Jerusalem. Decree of God, the Master. Ezekiel chapter 15 God's message came to me. Son of man, how would you compare the wood of a vine with the branches of any tree you'd find in the forest? Is vine wood ever used to make anything? Is it used to make pegs to hang things from? I don't think so. At best, it's good for fuel. Look at it. A flimsy piece of vine thrown in the fire and then rescued. The ends burned off and the middle charred. Now is it good for anything? Hardly. When it was whole, it wasn't good for anything. Half burned is no improvement. What's it good for? So here's the message of God, the Master. Like the wood of the vine I selected from among the trees of the forest and used as fuel for the fire, just so I'll treat those who live in Jerusalem. I am dead set against them. Even though at one time they got out of the fire charged, charred, the fire's going to burn them up. When I take my stand against them, you'll realize that I am God. I'll turn this country into a wilderness because they've been faithless. Decree of God, the Master. And so now, let's finish this reading on day 298 of Bible in a Year with Bill with Isaiah chapter 38. At that time, Hezekiah got sick. He was about to die. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, visited him and said, God says, prepare your affairs and your family. This is it. You're going to die. You're not going to get well. Hezekiah turned away from Isaiah and facing the wall prayed to God, God, please, I beg you, remember how I've lived my life. I've lived faithfully in your presence, lived out of a heart that was totally yours. You've seen how I've lived, the good that I have done. And Hezekiah wept as he prayed, painful tears. Then God told Isaiah, go and speak with Hezekiah. Give him this message from me, God, the God of your ancestor David. I've heard your prayer. I've seen your tears. Here's what I'll do. I'll add 15 years to your life and I'll save both you and this city from the king of Assyria. I have my hand on this city. And this is your confirming sign, confirming that I, God, will do exactly what I have promised. Watch for this. As the sun goes down and the shadow lengthens on the sundial of Ahaz, I'm going to reverse the shadow ten notches on the dial. And that's what happened. The declining sun's shadow reversed ten notches on the dial. This is what Hezekiah, king of Judah, wrote after he'd been sick and then recovered from his sickness. In the very prime of life, I have to leave. Whatever time I have left is spent in death's waiting room. No more glimpses of God in the land of the living. No more meetings with my neighbors. No more rubbing shoulders with friends. This body I inhabit is taken down and packed away like a camper's tent. 
Like a weaver, I've rolled up the carpet of my life as God cuts me free of the loom. And at day's end sweeps up the scraps and pieces. I cry for help until morning. Like a lion, God pummels and pounds me, relentlessly finishing me off. I squawk like a doomed hen, moan like a dove. My eyes ache from looking up for help. Master, I'm in trouble. Get me out of this. But what's the use? God himself gave me the word. He's done it to me. I can't sleep. I'm that upset, that troubled. Oh, Master, these are the conditions in which people live. And yes, in these very conditions, my spirit is still alive, fully recovered with a fresh infusion of life. It seems it was good for me to go through all those troubles. Throughout them all, you held tight to my lifeline. You never let me tumble over the edge into nothing. But my sins you let go of, threw them over your shoulder. Good riddance. The dead don't thank you, and choirs don't sing praises from the morgue. Those buried six feet under don't witness to your faithful ways. It's the living, live men, live women who thank you, just as I'm doing now. Parents give their children full reports on your faithful ways. God saves and will save me. As fiddles and mandolins strike up the tunes, we'll sing, oh, we'll sing, sing for the rest of our lives in the sanctuary of God. Isaiah had said, prepare a poultice of figs and put it on the boil so he may recover. Hezekiah had said, what is my cue that it's all right to enter again the sanctuary of God? And so, Lord, Lord, I pray. The Lord God who saves and will save. I pray, O oh Master, that you would bless this reading today. Thank you for this reading. And thank you, all my friends out there, for joining me here on day 298 of Bible in a Year with Bill. We are down to, wow, less than 70 days left. That's amazing. Will I see you tomorrow? I hope so. Take care now.